0: Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. In the name of my God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. singer and songwriter Chapter 2. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the side of I walk around it. Chapter 5. I walk down another street. <laughs> <laughs> so what I love about this little poem is how with a little bit of humor, it sheds light on the human tendency to step into the same messes time and time again. And even for people who are very mature, it still takes time to learn from our mistakes, to take responsibility for our shortcomings, and to own our part in the many breakdowns we experience. And this, of course, is what's kind of funny and also tragic about being human, that no one wakes up and says, you know, today I think I'll do the same stupid things I've been doing for decades. But inevitably, many of us will do just that. We fall back into the same old reactive patterns. The same people trigger us in very predictable ways the same sidewalk, or some version of the same deep hole, that is, of course, as though we learn to walk down a different street. And that's why the whole point of today's reading from Ephesians is that a life of wisdom begins with a choice to pay attention. Be careful, then, how you live, Paul writes. Not as unwise people, but as wise. In other words, today we are reminded that we can't walk down just any old street. And that we do well to question any street. That the culture, or our habits, or our family of origin have conditioned us to walk. We are to take care of how we live. We are to give thought and Now, I will admit paying attention is very hard work, and that the distractions we face are endless. As the old adage goes if I had a dollar for every time I got distracted, I wish. Fear, the politics, and our own confusion on how to navigate this pandemic in a sensible way 18 months in. But as a pastor, I'll tell you what I've come to believe distracts people the most our fear of pain. We don't want to feel anything unpleasant. We don't want to wait upon the Lord in times of uncertainty. We don't want to feel the vulnerability of admitting that there is no one to blame for our current societal predicament. In other words, we don't want to admit that life is supposed to be hard. I mean, right? Because who wants to pay attention to that. But of course, God's invitation is to pay attention headlines or the pundits, or the rumors, the many things we are told to fear, but to the difficulty and to the beauty of our own life. Because that is where God is to be found and where wisdom is to be won. And so when Paul says today, do not get drunk with wine, I don't think that Paul is saying that it's necessarily immoral to drink alcohol. Because if that is the case, well, I have got a feeling some of you are going to be in trouble. (laughs) But what I do hear Paul articulating is a much deeper and more challenging truth. After all, the whole point of being drunk is to numb painful feelings like boredom, uncertainty, confusion, and of course any form of pain. In other words, what I think Paul is saying to the Ephesians is this. You know that pain that you're tempted to just break away, to numb, to get rid of as fast as you can? That thing that you want to distract yourself from the most. As your pastor, he says, I want you to lean into those things. Because ultimately, what Paul is trying to articulate is the importance of growing in wisdom. And contrary to what we might think, wisdom is not about accumulating a lot of facts. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. You can be at the top of your field. You can be the smartest attorney, the smartest doctor, the smartest scientist or rector that's ever lived and not have wisdom. The intellect is a fine thing but it is not the seat of wisdom though in the bible the seat of wisdom is the heart and as i have studied scripture there is one hole in particular that we cannot fall into if we want to grow in wisdom and that's the whole of thinking that wisdom can be one without embracing the hard things of life the challenges that we are presented with the mistakes we're asked to learn from the hard seasons that honestly just need to be endured with courage because what every wise person knows is that life is hard and that it's hard for absolutely everybody and that alongside the beauty and the fun and the laughter in every human life, that there is also pain for what Jesus just called the cross. And whenever we can cease to be scandalized by this truth, that is when we can learn to pay attention to life as it is and not as we want it to be. And we can even learn, as Paul says, to give all times and for everything, even the hard things we have to endure. And so to go back to Paul's exhortation, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, what I think we're asked to pay attention to today is the quality of the suffering in our life consciously and for that experience not to lead to blame or a posture of reactivity but rather to an experience of becoming more faithful more humble more compassionate more courageous and above all more connected to each other because whatever Paul says in the Ephesians understand what the will of the Lord is Paul assumes the Ephesians already know what Paul is talking about. You see, in the context of Paul's epistles, the will of the Lord has nothing to do with marrying this person over that person, with taking this job over that job, with making this choice over that choice. No, for Paul, the will of the Lord is not primarily about what we do. It's about who we do all. It's about our character, it's about our heart, or as I put it in
1: last week's sermon, it's about
0: being the right sort of person. And so as you think about wisdom and paying attention and what it means for you to lean into the challenges you are facing right now with courage and grace. I want to end my sermon this morning with an illustration i heard recently about a couple of Tourist attraction called the Road to Hana, and basically it's a long, winding road that, over the course of an hour or so, takes you through just breathtaking scenery and waterfalls, cliffs, mountains, and that's beaches in the state. But at the end, there's nothing here but the small town of Hana, which, when you arrive, has something like a gas station. And And so when this couple arrived there, the wife was upset. She said, we drove all this way for this? But of course, the of is that she missed the point. The road to hana it's not about the destination at all. It's about the beauty of the journey. God is fully with us in this journey we call life, as bread to feed us and sustain us. And above all, we believe that this journey does not end in death. But as Jesus says in today's gospel, I will raise them up on the last day. And on that day, there will be no difficulty, no confusion, no hardship. celebration, but in the meantime, to prepare for that day, we ask God for grace to pay attention now, to be present to life now, so that we can grow in wisdom and maybe even learn the etiquette of heaven, which Paul says today very well. And that we are to give thanks to God the Father at all times and